Welcome, everybody, to the Fred Minnick Show's third season. This season, I'm going to shake it up a little bit and bring in some of my favorite people in the world of whiskey to co-host. Hang out and shoot the shit before we pull up the interview. He's known as the Bourbon Sherpa on social media. He's the owner of the Woodford Hotel. He loves Kentucky through and through. My boy, Eric Carrico. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here, joined with my good friend, Eric Carrico. I'm getting his name right, as you recall in the last episode. I did admit that I've been saying his name wrong for all this time. Have you ever gotten a friend's name wrong and they didn't correct you until it was too late? Put it in the comment section. I'd love to know. Or just hit me up on fredminnick.com. I'd love to know your sad tale. Now, Eric, this week's guest is uh, Brandy Roderick, the star of Baywatch and former Playmate of the Year. Now, you were telling me that you had like a thing for Playboy or something? No, not a thing. Uh, I just realized uh, a lot of people did have things for Playboys. And so, um, you know, when I was in high school, mm -hmm. um, stumbled across large quantities of uh you ever been through like an addict and found like the big giant you know office uh boxes a tub of a porn no it was not a tub it was literally like probably 50 tubs 50 tubs of playboys porn, of Play playboys not I, I guess I, mean, I don't know i look at playboy a little differently because i don't i feel like well i would say back when we were kids it was considered porn today yeah, today it's like it's definitely you know, nothing like this shit I mean, out geez. there today <laughs> Kids today, access to porn, yeah, way different. Yeah, like we had to, we had to, you know, be walking home and um, see a nudie magazine on the side of the road. Be like, oh my god, there's a freaking nudie magazine. Do you remember, like or, at Seven Eleven, they had like the, they had them in the behind the shelf, yeah. and they had like the thing covering it, so you right. could see the title. Like you could see, and you'd be like, <laughs> like sneaking in, trying to look at it, or or you would go to like the Family Video or Blockbuster, yeah. and they would have that little gated like. Uh, or like a drape into there, and it was like all the all the fucking sex tapes. <laughs> the weird, yeah, the weird door. And it was illegal to have that in some states. Like you couldn't actually have porn in some states in this country. Like it was actually illegal. So uh, yeah, well, I mean, well, anyway. So you you go in, you find so this. My brain like immediately shoots off, and I've like I just stumbled across a gold mine of yeah. uh, how to uh, um, you know go ahead and. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. I mean, did you leave the attic or did you stay in there and go Spankatron 3000? <laughs> no, I was. Well, I mean, I don't I, I don't recall. I just recall how much money I thought I could make off of these. You were so, going to sell the Playboys. Yeah, how, that's how what I did. You? How old were you? That's what I did. I was probably a sophomore in high school. Okay. It's a so, solid business model. Um, you right. know, like immediately, um, you know, I started digging through them and, and I was like, wow, like. I think I could probably get like a dollar for a centerfold. Okay. And then I could throw in like three of the other things as another 50 cent. And then I could throw in the whole magazine for five bucks. Um, so I started selling them on the bus. Um, and Oh my God. <laughs> what? That's just awesome. All right. You're making deals yeah. on the bus. Yeah. Right? And so then um, I recruited. Tell, tell me how a negotiation goes trying to sell a Playboy on the bus. Did you trade any milk for it, or is this well, always at the money? time, at the time, I can tell you that was when Guns N' Roses was coming out. Oh, Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, and so um, I remember trading uh, one magazine for uh, the tape because I was not allowed to buy the tape. But a senior on the bus had the tape, so I traded the magazine 
for one that's table. a quality it's a quality trade yeah and so yeah. um that started to spread around um and then so i recruited other people on other buses mm-hmm. and um i had a pretty good empire going for about three months and then i got busted and suspended from school and had to go like apologize and wow like, you had a you had a porn ring <laughs> And you got there's caught. always a leaky, there's always a squeaky wheel. You know, they, they put the screws to them. Like, how are you getting supplied with this? <laughs> <laughs> and so did you sell the actual centerfolds or was it just the whole magazine? Well, we started with, yeah. I mean, we were, I would sell centerfolds or like a combo or the whole magazine. Yeah. It was like, um, you know, uh, it, it was pretty good ring there. I got, I made, you know, for a, a sophomore in high school, I was making a little bit of money off of it. I'll say that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. So. Well, cheers to that. Well, you, um, she, you know, Brandy would not have been centerfold just yet, no. uh, but she was, she definitely has, you know, she posts on Instagram all the time of like her pictures with Hugh Hefner and all that. She was, she was a big deal. Still is a big deal. She's a director now. Um, uh, and she's really into wine. So she has a very, very good palate and her tasting notes in this, in this episode are some of the most descriptive that a man could never say. Like, if a man said what she says in this episode, they'd be straight up canceled. So, <laughs> uh, I can't wait for you all to check out Brandy Roderick here, of course, iconic Baywatch actress, now a big-time director. So, enjoy this episode. Eric and I will be here when um, when it's over, so don't go anywhere. Cheers. And joining the Fred Minnick Show, the great Brandy Roderick. How are you, Brandy? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. You know, you had such an amazing career, and I know you've got some movies you're working on and some coming out. But when when people when people stop you and talk to you, what do they remember you most from? Is is it Baywatch or? What, what do you think that is? What, what do people normally recognize you from? I would say it's pretty equally split between Baywatch and Playboy. And a lot of people also, um, when I do a lot of these conventions and different things, they a lot of them have seen me on The Celebrity Apprentice, because I was actually on there twice with the All-Stars. So that's another big one that people, because, you know, especially with all the stuff with Trump, everybody always wants to know, what was he like? Um, yeah. So those would be the top that people definitely come up and talk to me about. I remember I remember when you were on uh, when you were on that, I actually interviewed the executive producer of that show because there uh-huh. was uh there, there uh, this was when I was covering I was covering uh, the food industry at the time. I mean, like 2000, I don't remember. I don't remember the year. What years were you on the apprentice? Yeah. Uh 2008 and 2013. Yeah, so it had been it had been two thousand eight. Uh, so was there an episode where you had to do something with like like reinvent like a a taco chain or something? Does that ring a bell? Well, uh, taco, no. We did meatballs. We did cupcakes. Um, what other things did we do? Uh, I I don't think we were doing anything with tacos. Okay. Well, the year that they did tacos, I I did a I did an episode on the chain that got that look, and oh. I remember I remember at the time it was like the number one show on on TV, and, yeah. and I I was like 
I was I was amazed. Like I watching a few episodes, like it was pretty it was pretty interesting. But so it, since you get asked all the time, what was Trump like? <laughs> exactly how you see him on TV. He's not a um, sugar coder, you know. He doesn't. He's not fake. He um, what you see is what you get. So how he is in person is how he is on you know in, in TV. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him very briefly, but uh, I was not, you know, I didn't have any, any long, you know, time, not, not a lot of time with him. But uh, so he doesn't drink, but I sent you, I sent you some, uh, something uh, from, uh, from my whiskey club, uh, a seal yeah. box, a little seal box release. And then okay. a couple, a couple barrel picks that I did. One mm-hmm. is a, is a town branch. And yeah. then, uh, and then you got one from uh, Barrel with uh, with two R two L's at the end. Yes. So now you are a wine you are a wine drinker. Do you drink a lot of bourbon? Uh, yes. Okay. I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, normally drink? Uh, well, I like trying all kinds of new ones, but I love Whistle Pig. That was just like, is like a good go-to that I like. Um, and I like trying new stuff. I also, you know, for easy, quick stuff, also Angel's Envy and Bullet and, you know, those, you know, easy go-tos are always good as well. Yeah, but, it sounds, um, yeah, it sounds like you've got a few in the rotation there. What, what do you normally oh, like? You, to, what's that? Let me show you my new, show you oh. my new fun one that I Oh, I can't now. wait. I can't wait. I'm in my bar right now, but this one is called Rare Hair and it's the Playboy brand. That's have you right. heard of this one? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's this is really yummy. This is like if you want some dessert, this so, is good. So being a uh being a, a playmate of the year, do you do they send you all the cool stuff that that's that's coming out? Like, are you on like an alumni list? Well, I went into the CEO's office. We had a meeting and I brought him wine from my vineyard. And he said, oh, well, let me give you something. He said, do you like um, whiskey or tequila? And I go, both. So I got to take both of them. I wasn't going to be shy. I wasn't going to say, oh, just give me the whiskey. So um, I got a really cool tequila one too, but. I don't think people normally get that because I think that's like twelve hundred dollars or something insane. Like yeah, that. it's it's not cheap. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> not cheap. So I try to drink it only on special occasions, but it's already halfway gone because every oh. night's a special occasion. <laughs> well, every yeah, every night is a special occasion these days, right? So yeah. Well, let's start. Let's start with the um, the seal box one, and as you can okay. see here, I'm taking a. I'm taking this huge, huge, uh, you know, sawing blade to, to get it, uh, to get through the, to get through the wax. Now, before we started recording, you said that you went away from wax on, on your wines. What did you, well, uh, do you, you found wax to be a pain? Well, we still have it on one of the bottles, but it's a pain in the butt. I, yeah. I hate it. Push it upon anyone because when I want wine, I want to just pop it open. Heck, I even like twist tops. I just don't yeah. want to have much time. And as you know, the wax thing takes forever. Yeah, my so friend, I, my friend mm-hmm. makes this, and I'm like, "Why are you still doing the wax, man? No, nobody likes this." 
We yeah. all hate it. We hate it, but it looks good, so I understand why he does it. So yeah. these glasses right here, let me show you these glasses. They're so cute. These, a friend of mine actually got these off the auction when uh, Hugh Hefner passed away. Um, and they auctioned, got these and they used to, used to be in the mansion. All these little. Oh, really? Little, yes, they're really cool. So Hugh, they, Hugh, Hugh Hefner was like the most famous guy who are ascots. And, you know, when we when we lost him, we lost one of our one of our uh, champions of the ascot. But what what was he like? Oh, gosh. Uh, very graceful. Uh, he had a very kind heart, very generous. Um, just a wonderful person. Wonderful person. A lot of fun. He was like a little kid. He'd giggle a lot. <laughs> yeah. He was a really cool guy. He seemed like he seemed like he, he was like the life of the party. And if he wasn't the life of the party, he would bring the right people there to to make it the life of the party. Just created the life of the party for sure. Yeah. Now there's this. There's the. Um, you know, we're we're definitely in a different world with with uh, posing posing nude now. Like now, it's like everybody is like now like playboy is like the i i guess it's the classy i guess it, it's always been classy you know we always read it for you know bought it for the articles of course but of course. like it, it, in terms of like what is out there for consumption now like playboy playboy is almost like a, a lost art uh because it's celebrated it's celebrated the human body in a lot of ways whereas what's out today it ain't that it ain't that yeah, well, there's so many different outlets now um, that, you know, people can go to to, I guess, express themselves, if you want to call it. But Playboy itself, I, I mean, I think they're still doing, I haven't seen any recent stuff because they stopped the magazine, but I guess they still have it. They still have it online. Um, and I heard they're trying to, they might be bringing the magazine back, which I'm excited about. Um, but I think they still keep it in that vein of something, you know, very classic and classy and beautiful. Just a little more, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but a little more like high fashion nowadays than it, before it was just more about creating these this beautiful art. And now it's kind of like uh, more mainstream and high fashion, I guess. It's a little yeah. different. Well, and it, it's except that the... I imagine to be far more accepted than when it than when it came out too. You know, it's like now you, you have you have the internet, right? And it just kind of uh turned everything it it took away took away that mystique of of what Playboy was in a lot of ways. And of course I started a magazine. The magazine still exists today, it's called Bourbon Plus, but I'm no longer really I'm not really a part of it anymore. And I just know how hard that world is, and when when Playboy, when Playboy shut its doors, that was kind of like the, um, that was kind of like the like the sign for me is like, ooh, magazine world's yeah. in trouble, you know. Yeah, no, that's a good indication. Yeah. So, what do you what uh, when when you look back on when you look back on Baywatch? 
at that time, did you realize how culturally significant that show was? I was absolutely. I mean, I, I remember when I got the call that I got the job, I was in the parking lot of the um, Beverly Hills gallery mall. And I dropped to my knees and started crying because I was so excited. I wanted that job so bad. And it was going to take me to Hawaii, you know, out of La La Land into this beautiful paradise. And it was just the best. It was, well, but almost as exciting as getting Playmate of the Year. They were both kind of equal, but Baywatch might have even been better. Um, it's just something, you know, that's just really exciting. As you, were, I was going to be on the number one worldwide watch show. Mm-hmm. So that's to be said. It was very exciting. Did you all actually go out on the water? Like, like, did you all oh actually? Per- I was in the I water mean, like, every. But I mean, like, with, for like those, like, I mean, there's were like, well, I, I guess obviously you went out on the water, but the, the, I, I remember watching that and like how you, it looked like you all were actually saving people's lives, you know, like yeah. it, the, the oh. shooting those scenes in water. I, I cannot imagine that you getting a lot of takes like you probably got like one or and yeah. and that's it that's why one of the um the tests when you're doing the auditions is a swim test and they're out there and you go out there in the pool and you do an actual swim test um and then once we got to hawaii I mean, we then we had to rehearse in the water constantly training 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 before we went to hawaii once we got to hawaii um we were training like uh, jason momoa and i were we would be underwater having underwater um, holding our breath contest. And it was always he and I would be like neck to neck and then he'd always win. I mean, I guess that's what yeah. he's awful, man. But then we would be, we'd be down on the bottom of the ocean floor carrying these huge boulders. I mean, it was like, it was serious hardcore training. We were not like, wow. just, oh, let's look in the water. Um, we really had the CPR training. Uh, they went, we went all out. So did you, did, were there ever any like scary moments like somebody went under and it, you actually had to get them up, like really, really save them or like a. Uh, as far as saving, no, but it was a little scary. We had some uh, scenes like where we had to be in this tight water tank where the water's rising and I'm very claustrophobic. So that's kind of scary. Then there was one night uh, where I was out in the water with uh, one of the other guest stars and we were doing our scene and we, there was all of the, our, our water safety people were around us. We're like, okay, whatever. And we get out and it turns out they were around us because we were surrounded by sharks. So wow. <laughs> they were keep the sharks away, but they had to get their shots. So they didn't want to tell us. We just kept filming. Yeah. I <laughs> bet you had to be pissed when you found that out though. I, oh, I was just scared. I was just like, oh my God. Wow. No, I'm, I'm gay. I, I'm not going to be a little weenie. Right on, so. but still, there's a moment there where the cast of Baywatch could have been eaten by sharks. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> no, they would. I guess how they were they were gonna uh, monitor it as as if the water safety guys got killed and eaten. Then we, you know, I'd have a barrier before it got to us. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is freaky. Yeah. So yeah. when 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 you are when you are traveling and someone recognizes you for like Playmate of the Year. Do you do you ever see like their spouses getting like jealous of of somebody like saying, "Hey, hey, Brandy, can I get a picture?" Do they get like weirded out like that? 
No, I think the guys that have the wives that would get weirded out wouldn't come up to me and say, can I get a picture? <laughs> Probably smart. Either, either that or they're like, you know what? It's it's a once in a lifetime shot. I'm going to get my picture. But Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, usually the girls are really cool. Um, but the, what I do notice that's kind of funny is like, let's say when I'm at the airport, a lot of the times if I'm with like my boyfriend, um, pe- the guys won't come up. But the moment he walks to the bathroom, they'll all come up. Hey, can I get, your, get a picture <laughs> with you? So it's kind of like he's my little safety net, but as soon as he leaves, you know, I guess they yeah. just figured that that, that is uh that it's kind of creepy in a way, to be honest with you. But <laughs> have you have you ever had like um a really like scary stalker situation? Um, yeah, I mean, there was one person in particular uh, in Chicago and New York. Um, but thankfully that went away. I don't know how it happened, but I had somebody that was, uh, there with me, a bodyguard that even went to his house. And, um, mm-hmm. so I, the whole thing was settled, but that was the scariest huge, but typically, I mean, my fans are so great. I mean, they're, they're awesome. I really don't have any, I mean, knock on wood. Of course, there are always some people that have to, you know, be mean, but for the yeah. most part, they're great. They're so nice and supportive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, in in doing what I do, I, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of really scary stories. And I, I, I could not imagine now with all the access that people have with like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and like how they're always approaching people. Uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, how bad it could get. But I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, they got squared away. We I've had a couple before, but it kind of nipped it in the bud pretty quick. But it's wow. it's yeah. weird. It's weird. I'm like, I don't know. I don't understand how people can obsess over another human being like that. I just don't. Yeah. Well, they're not right in the head. Yeah. So what, what, you, what would you? I was going to ask you what you think of the seal box. What do you, what do you think of it? So I don't know how to properly taste. Now, is it like wine where you smell it? Yeah, so with 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 tasting spirit, uh, you gotta you can use the principles of tasting wine, but just keep in mind it's like often four times the alcohol. It's more than four times the alcohol content. So like if you have a, um, so this is a hundred and eleven proof. So if you have a, if you have a you know twelve twelve percent ABV wine, you know this is going to be this is going to be like three, four times that. So you have, you have to go into it knowing that it's not wine. And and it's always, that's always, it seems like a no brainer, but wine, wine people will often like swirl it. And I, I come from a wine background, you know, they'll swirl it or swish it. You, you really shouldn't do that with spirit, especially if you're new to it, but you do want to, you do want to smell you know, let's have it slightly from by your nose like this, about an inch away. You can get it in closer too if you're more if your nose is you know needs a little bit closer to it. And you want to open smell with your mouth slightly open, kind of go side to side. You know, so all the same principles as as wine. And then when you taste, you just want to put a little bit on your tongue. And I like to focus on on the palate 
like what part of the tongue do I feel it prominent? And then I'll taste it again. And, and I will, um, when I, after I taste it again, I'll focus on that part of the tongue that I felt it. And I will kind of determine some of the flavor notes. And that is, that's kind of a taste mindfulness technique that I have been using over the years. Well, that's good. You know what? Yeah, my my buddy does this. This is uh this is a bourbon finished in toasted French oak and maple syrup barrels. I mean, he does Ooh. he he's he's doing a good job. He's also yeah. uh the retail partner I use. Well, the next one we'll do is the Town Branch. Okay. Let's see. Get this one out. Oh, so I also have these fun glasses. So here's some more fun glasses. Oh. So it's a brandy the- snifter are actually from uh, the Playboy Club in Buffalo. And my friend, um, she lived used to live in Buffalo and had these for like 50 years and gave yeah. me these. Yeah. Where are, you, where are you located? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, exciting. We're supposed to go down there and do our bourbon tour. Yeah, we'd love to have you. I'll give you, I'll give you a personal <laughs> tour. So if you need, uh, need help maneuvering around, let me know. But oh, yeah, uh, be- I don't think we have a Playboy Club here. <laughs> we'll make our own Playboy Club. Yeah. <laughs> so now, do you swirl like you do wine, or do you not swirl? So in wine, that's <laughs> like you're looking for legs and stuff, right? That's the the residual. Uh, you're looking for like the residual sugars in in uh, spirit. You're looking for like the say again. Well, it opens it up. Yeah, it, there, there's that, and you can also the looking at the legs um, with wine. Wine is still alive, right? The yeast is still active. It's not. It's not the case with spirit. It's um, okay. the really the way to open up a spirit is to add water to it. But what with swirling around, what it does more than anything is it pushes up the bouquet. So yeah. you swirl, you swirl it, and you can get uh, yep. better access to the nose. That's yep. that's the main reason. Yeah. That's the same with wine too. And the, the glass I use, this is a this is a Glen Karen. Uh-huh. It's uh made in made in Scotland. It's kind of it's it's the it's the standard whiskey glass that we use and you know it it's it's shaped to to help get the aroma there. The glass you're using is was was the standard like in the 70s and 80s uh especially for like brandy and it's still kind of a status thing to have that glass but the note the opening you take a look Mm -hmm. at the opening of that glass and how much room there is between the opening and the bottom there's a lot of like there can be like a lot of aroma escape yeah i'm trying to figure out what this is i'm smelling oh God, it's going to drive me crazy. Well, I can tell you some of the things I smell. Mm-hmm. I smell walnuts, leather, and tobacco. Ooh. This one is um, very masculine. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you get a little bit of a peat at the end? Just a little. Well, it is. It does have some smoke there, but 
it wouldn't technically be Pete because okay. Pete, yeah, Pete is a Pete is the um is basically decayed sure. vegetation that's used to smoke uh smoke barley in Scotland. But this is very different than the last one we had. Yeah, this is fun. I kind of like um, how different it is. Nice. Yeah, it's very, very, very different. It has some hair on it. Balls. It's got some what? Some hair on its balls. <laughs> I guess that's best. So I'm saying it's like very masculine. It's a little yeah. hairy. I hear you there. <laughs> So, what are the other iconic shows you were on? You were on Starsky and Hutch. Oh what, yeah. What was that, uh, what was that like? Uh, well, that was a lot of fun. And you know, one little fun little insider tidbit is um, we did the scene how it was scripted, and we were doing the scene and doing another take, and then the guys, you know, Ben Stiller, Noah Wilson, just start improving. And all that scene that you saw, they ended up using the improv scene. So they just took me off guard. They were like, when they said, well, uh, how much do you weigh? And so like, uh, I had to give like uh, my weight. And they said, what sign are you? And you know, that was a Gemini. And like uh, everything that they ended up using was actually improv. It wasn't the script. Oh, wow. So that was kind of, yeah. So wow. it caught me off. It was good because it was all real. It was fun. How has how has your um your 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 career, you know, you start out like your your career is like has has is fascinating because you've been a part of so much of Americana, and mm -hmm. and now you're you're in like this you're like in a business role you're 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 doing um you're still a lead you're still leading in in movies and what have you but how has how have you felt your career has changed. Uh, since Baywatch. So how it's changed now is that now I'm producing and making the films. Now I'm a filmmaker. So, it, you know, instead of just being in front of the camera and behind the camera now. So uh, it's fun being able to be creative like that. Uh, and I love it. I love that part of it. Um, so with that, and then of course, you know, other things in life, like, you know, making wine and you know all that fun stuff um but you know turning it into my, my i've had my production company since 2000 but just now we're really taking off with um, films and series so yeah it's it's fun i love the transition and um it's a lot of fun and your latest movie twisted vine yeah twisted vines just came out um that was with Vivica Fox and Michael Perret from, you know, the, um, out, not publicity, his big movie. Oh, Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> um, but that was a fun movie to shoot. We shot it out here at a winery and, um, it's a murder mystery kind of like, you know, clue or, you know, Agatha Christie murder mysteries. So it was a lot of fun to do. Hey, where, where can people find that? Um, all over any streaming, like, you know, Amazon or Apple TV or any of your VOD or video on demand, if you have direct TV or whatever your service is. You do you like, do you like the streaming platforms? It seems like it, it make, it decomplicates things, but I, from a revenue perspective, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's a, if it's a better fit 
for it's movie makers. Worse, it's worse for filmmakers. Um, we don't make as much money. But, um, and even as a viewer, for me, it's, it's quite confusing. I hate having 20 different streaming platforms and you have to go to each one and try to figure out what to watch. Before yeah. you would just go to TV and say, what's out new? You know, what's new this week? And it was so easy, you know, and now it's so complicated. It takes you an hour before you can find something to watch. That's what I hate. I, I know. And oh, oh, there's also the suggestions, right? Like they, they continuously suggest something to you and like, you're looking for something, but you're like, Ooh, that looks good too. You know? So you, you, you click on something based on an algorithm that you didn't even want to watch in the first place. So. Right. I, or I, you go to click on it and you're like, Oh, what's this? It's like, Oh, it's from 2012. Like I hate it when they tried to, they get you with the old ones. And then also, if you're trying to look for a movie, you're like, oh, shit, that's a series. I'm looking for a movie or <laughs> there's always something. Now, you've got you've got such a, an inventory of like old, older shows. Uh, that seems to be what's hot. Like, has did Baywatch has Baywatch received an uptick in new fans in the past couple of years? Really, since the pandemic kind of yeah. made everyone just stay at home and watch stuff on Netflix and what have you. Did, but did did. Uh, Baywatch catch any of that? 100% because we just got on gosh I should know this uh, if it's Hulu or Amazon but they just put on all the shows all 11 seasons of Baywatch and now we have this whole new audience and all these young people now uh, are coming up at the conventions and different things I've at. I'm like Where, how do you guys know about this show? Oh I love Baywatch! So it's really neat and I think some of the Oh, it was the Kardashian girls or some of these influencers did like whole all these Baywatch themes, which I think helped uh, our franchise um, definitely. So it's become so popular again that they're in talks of creating a new Baywatch, so revamping it, becoming a, creating a new series for Baywatch. Wow, I there I know that's been talked about a couple times, but and there's been uh, a lot of copycats here and there, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think he can beat the cast that you were on. That was. I know. Was so special. Special. really special. Yeah, that was, that was special. Yes. Um, yeah. But that, that is fascinating. Like your, your take on, on, on streaming. I had a show, I had a show on Amazon prime uh, for a bit and you know, it didn't, it didn't do well. It was, it was an interview show and the interview series don't do well on uh at least at that time didn't okay. do that well um and they're like hey thanks for uh thanks for being on here now uh now you're, <laughs> go <laughs> now you're gone <laughs> but yeah. it, it is interesting of like what works on those platforms and now right. as a sports fan you're you're a sport i mean i know you were you were all around the nfl for a long time but are you <laughs> are you a fan Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you land? What's your team? 49ers. Okay. Yeah, I'm from NorCal, so definitely 49ers. And then of course our household for so long is, you know, Broncos too, because my boy's dad, you know, was two yeah. times for the Broncos. So they are, you know, they're huge Niner fans, but they're also huge Bronco fans. So And he played uh, for the Jets too, right? Uh-huh. Played for the Jets and Kansas City. Yeah, that was uh that's a that's a tale of two uh um football teams right there. The Jets have never yeah. 
never really pulled anything off, but maybe they will yeah. this year. But uh, so anyway, so you're what you're trying to watch a game, yeah. and the cable networks are fighting over who shows the game, and you can't find them half the time, and now you have to buy a new package from YouTube TV to to see something, and it's yeah. just like we're we're back to square one now, you know, for right. watching sports. So crazy. It's it insane. Is, it's it is insane. insane. So what's your team then? Because you're in Kentucky. So what what would your team be? I don't have a team. I used to have a team. I used to be a Cowboys fan, and then I then I realized it wasn't a good fit because Jerry Jones uh, was. Yeah, uh, I didn't like Jerry Jones. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I I got I got rid of uh, the Cowboys very early in my life, but I'm I'm more I'm a college guy. I my okay. mater's Oklahoma State, and I root for okay. Oklahoma State all the time. Yeah. You, you have okay. a college team? Um, no, not really. Yeah. I don't really. I don't watch college ball. Uh, ball. Um, uh, my ex went to Houston, and um, my boys love uh, UCLA and USC, and of course Oregon Ducks. My one son wants to go to Oregon, but good school. Um, yeah. Oregon's yeah. a very good school. Good. All right, let's try that. You got room in the tank for another one, Brandy? Ah, heck yeah. You're talking to a pro over here. <laughs> All right, let's go to the uh, to the barrel now. Double L barrel. I know. I remember when they came out with this brand. I was like, what are you thinking? This is this is ridiculous. And then... So they were thinking right. Then it hit. It just takes once. So this is a kind of a, they're known for being blenders. And so this is another one of my single barrel picks through my whiskey club, Club Marzipan. They don't have, it's a very subtle nose. So subtle. Hmm. Compared to the other two. At least on my end. Yes. All right, now let's taste. I'm just seeing your reaction to this one. It seems like it was a hit based it, on your to, face. To me, this feels like um, kind of like a go-to bullet. Like it's like like a easy drinking mainstream go-to. Wow. Take did you see the proof on it? No, what is it? Take a look. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh I think it's one fifteen. What was the town branch? Branch. Town branch was one twelve, huh? and the seal box was one eleven. <laughs> I only I only sent you uh, high proof stuff, Brandy. Well, I only like high proof stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you have another you have another movie coming out in mm -hmm. uh, in Wineville. Tell us about that. Yes, so Wine Mill is my baby. So I directed, produced it, I starred in it. It's was my baby from start to finish. And it's a horror film, thriller, horror. It's 
kind of more on the thriller side, but it has some blood and guts type stuff. So I guess mm. it's a horror. Um, but it's about a, it's set in 1978 and it's very much a family, a messed up family type story, kind of like a Texas chainsaw massacre meets psycho. So it's kind of more that crazy family dynamic. And it's about a girl. She's really abused by her father at a young age. And she runs away um, to go to Vegas for a very long, you know, for many, many years. And then gets called back to the family vineyard. Once her father passes away, she has to come back and um, deal with the vineyard. And she comes back to her, the rest of her family, which have really got even more messed up, more screwed up. It's kind of like a family of serial killers, really. Um, and she brings back her young son with her. And there's all these twists and turns and shocking things that happen that you are surprised to see. And she has to basically escape. And um, we don't know if she's going to be able to escape it or not. Wow. So, yeah, it's... it's. Um, is there it's, is there a classic um horror movie scene where they make a really dumb decision and you're like don't do that um i really tried to stay away from all that like you know where the girl falls and all the stupid yeah. shit you're that doesn't happen or you know whatever you know why are you opening up that door um, <laughs> no i really don't think there's gonna be any of those kind of moments to be honest well that's so. good I, it, I feel stupid out of it. It drives me crazy. Yeah. I, that's why I can't watch Halloween or Jason any of those because it's so it's so yeah. ridiculous, you know. And, and I think there's I think there's actually a commercial where there's some teenagers and there's a running car. And, oh, I love. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're trying. Oh, to... Let's go get that car. Let's go buy that running uh, chainsaw. Let's go go <laughs> sit <on> that. Like, <laughs> No, let's not get in the running car. Let's let's go over by the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I like that commercial. It's pretty funny. It's, it's a good commercial. Funny. Yeah, no, I, I tried to stay away from the stupid, so I wanted to make it a little bit uh, higher level horror film. Um, but I, I love horror films. I grew up watching them with my mom since young kids. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. So I'm able to mark that one off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. and, and it seems too like you've got you 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 theme in like your real life with wine into uh, into the the upcoming movies as well. Um, yeah. Do you, ha do you have any scenes that people are being sophisticated and actually talking at a high level about about wine? Yeah, in Twisted Vines. Um, we have a sommelier in the film, and she talks all about the wines. So that. That definitely is in that one for sure. Um, and then Wineville is more like an old beat up winery that, um, you know, is run down, which was really hard because the winery we shot at is actually really beautiful and really cool. But we had to make it look like it was a piece of crap, which was yeah. hard to do. Um, but we don't really talk. We talk a little bit about port and wine because he's the, the one of the guys in the film is, is uh, making port. So oh, I got to try, nice. try his port and talk about his port and the wine in the movie. But, I love I love port. I, I'm a big ooh. fan. Of yeah. Well, then you'll love the port. I have to tell you and turn you on to it. Um, let me see if I have it here on my back bar. Oh, yeah, it's right here. 
Hold on. So where we shot Wineville was Galliano Winery. Oh Galliano. yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that spot. Do you? Well, it's yeah. one of one of, if not the oldest winery in Southern California, is Galliano, um, yeah. and they are known for making the best port ever. Anyway, so that's where we shot the movie Galliano Winery. And uh, if you don't know, I'll give you a little backstory. So the reason why the movie's called Wineville is Galliano Winery is shot on Wineville Road. And have you ever heard of the chicken coop murders that happened? Yes. Yeah. So that was in the town of Wineville. And it happened on that street, literally right down the street from where we shot. And if you ever saw the movie Changelings with um, Angelina Jolie, uh, that's where the murders happened. And because it had such bad press, they had to change the name of the city to Miraloma, which is what it is now. But they still have Wineville Road where the murders happened, but they changed the name to Miraloma. But we kept the name Wineville because that's, I mean, that's where all the craziness happened. That's, that yeah. So you, you had a good, so, you had the good murder energy going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And this is this is uh, an independent uh, crew, right? Like all independently produced. Yep. Yep. How has how has uh, shooting been like during the strike? Well, it's been non-existent, really. We just started getting waivers for uh, films that are non-studio films. Like my film would have probably gotten a waiver if if we were shooting at the time of the strike. Um, so the, the little guys can still go out there and make movies because we're not part of the, the big guys. We're not, you know, the ones that are underpaying people. So they're still getting, you know, giving waivers for certain films, but it's hard. You still have to go through a process, uh, to do that. Yeah. And just to touch on that strike, I mean, the, the way that, uh, AI is being, uh, kind of thrown around and how they're trying to block, block it. I mean, that's, that's scary. Yeah. It's, it's they need to, Yeah, no, they need to fess up and do something because again, we were talking about streaming, how it's bad for, for us because as actors and filmmakers, because once it goes to streaming, you're not getting anything. You're not getting paid. You know, this is when we did the contracts before we didn't have streaming services. So no one's getting paid the way they should be getting paid. Like, the uh, Baywatch could be on Hulu nonstop and millions of people could be watching it and we're not getting anything because the deal was done before streaming, before COVID and before streaming became like the biggest thing. So they need to renegotiate that and do that. It's just not fair for people that worked hard to make these films, these TV series. Um, and then it can, again, like you said, the AI, you know, to create the likeness and keep using that over yeah. and over again brandies you know in the world like they shouldn't be able to do that just to do that yeah it's so. we're on uh we're in a very interesting time uh as a creator and what i've what what i've noticed is is a lot of the public just does not care they, they do not care about uh what a creator does whether they're an actor or a writer i mean i'm a writer so i've written seven books i only i only started doing podcasting and things like that because nobody reads books anymore i mean they do don't get me wrong but i had to you had to be you have to be out there more oh and, for sure and like when you when you bring up like 
my book's been pirated. So one of my books has been pirated like, yeah, like 70 times. Oh, and, so- and people will respond, well, at least people are getting a chance to read it. You should be happy for that. Oh, right. God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, no, no respect or appreciation for the creation of the book. Right, but, right. But that's uh, yeah, that's the world we live in. That's I why, know. That's why I drink for a living now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Brandy, what was your favorite of the of the three we sent you? Um, I don't really have. I don't think I have a favorite. I think I would drink because when I drink whiskey, bourbon, I drink depending on my mood and what's going on. Like I. Like what's your, I, what's your streaming discussion, AI uh, seeking bourbon here? What, what's putting <laughs> you, this conversation has gone down a weird path. So you tell me which one helps you with that. <laughs> okay. So this one, I would say I would use this one to, to make my Manhattans. Sealbox. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, because you're going to need more of it. It's less alcohol. So I, I would say I would use that for that. This one I think is fun, and I'm feeling like um, a little naughty maybe. I don't know. I just – this is like a, a little um, – I like – this is to me is like a fun, masculine, hairy, bald bourbon that I just – you know, I just want to have – I want to chew it and I want to eat it, Okay. The town uh, branches, the hairy balls that yeah. you want to chew and eat. Got it. So All right. Chewing. This one is like just uh, a normal after dinner uh, go to dessert one that I would just drink like normal, like just an easy, like, like I said, it's kind of like an easy, like a bullet or an angel's envy. Um, that's how I would drink that one. All right. So barrel, barrel is your everyday. Uh, seal box is your is your Manhattan, yeah, and uh, town branch is well, it's the hairy balls. So, chewing balls, yeah, <laughs> chewing hairy balls. <laughs> balls night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm so excited about your uh, about the new movie you got coming out. But is there anything else cool you want to chat about? I just would love it if people would follow um, Wineville movie on all the social media, you know, apps just so that they can watch it when it comes out and just follow me. And just so you can continue to watch um, fun stuff that I have coming out. And where can, what, what all plot, is there a platform you're not on? Like are uh, you on all, all the major platforms? All of them. <laughs> How do you do yeah. TikTok? I, I, I don't do TikTok. When you do that. I, but I don't really do it. That's not my um, my audience. That's like a young kids. TikTok, I think, is for young people. I'm more like Instagram and Twitter and huh? um, Facebook. So those are my top three. Well, thank you for coming on. It's uh, been incredible to talk about your career and uh, and now what you're doing, in, both in movie making and wine making. And thank so you. cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Here, here's to many good things ahead. I'm empty. <laughs> it's here's the town one. branch one. Town branch will do it to you. So cheers. Salute. Bye-bye.
And vodka sucks. Yeah. All right, so everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Brandy Roderick. Still trying to wrap my head around over um, the uh, the porn king of Louisville in the early nineties. No, no, no. This next was to me. this was this was Louisiana. Not, not. Oh, you were in Louisiana. Yeah, I was in Louisiana at the time. Oh. I did not. I did not live here in Kentucky at the time. Hell, you might have gone to jail for that in Louisiana. Psh, wow, no so you over here? Uh, I went to Mardi Gras when I was like ten. My That's parents true. used to lock us in the hotel and like go. And I guess that, that part Street. is true. Yeah, they're yeah. less they're less Southern Baptist and more Catholic. Yeah, like I distinctly remember when I was a kid, my dad would like go get gas and send me in to go get a six pack, twelve pack, whatever. Okay, I mean, incredible parenting. I can't continue hearing about the incredible parenting that your your mom and dad. It's did. just part That's of awesome. the culture. I love it. You I cannot go it. to a crawfish boil without like beer everywhere. So, when was the first time that you went to Mardi Gras and gave your beads out for, you know? Well, back in Louisiana, that's a holiday. Like mm-hmm. you get you get the whole week off. So like we had parades around our town, um, and uh, you join like a crew or whatever, and like they build a float for the entire year. It's a bunch of people getting together and partying. Um, so I distinctly remember like parades uh, even before I was ten. But like New Orleans was the spot where I was just like, wow, this is like next level. Like the parades and just the whole debauchery is just different level debauchery. <laughs> debauchery. So, uh, speaking of debauchery, Brandy Roddick gave some very descriptive tasting notes in this in this episode. I would say it's the most, um, how should I put it, down under we've had since Charles Woodson said uh, uh, an old whiskey tasted like an old 1940s jockstrap. So, we do have some history of the nether regions being cited as a tasting note here on the show. But Brandy really just went all out. She seems to know more than I do, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also, she, you know, the one thing that you could also take away from this, she has a great palate. Uh, of course, she's she's a director. You got to go check out her new wine movie that she's got out. But, you know, she's someone that um, has, has really, you know, she had a, a big moment in her career and she maintained consistency. And now she's her own, she's her own, like entity right she doesn't depend upon studios or anything like that she's built her own thing and i think when we look at you know the the strike and hollywood in general and actors you always when someone hasn't built something for themselves they tend to like not work out like they end up kind of falling to the 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 bottom of the tank you know so you have to own your customer you have to you have to own your customer like like, don't give it to somebody else. Like the Hollywood studios and everything. If you're your own yeah, brand, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. If you if you are your own brand, if you know, you know, if you have your own audience and you own your own customers, then you can survive. Yeah, and that's what we'll say here at the Fred Minnick Show. Yeah, thank you for being a member of this fine audience. Which what, studies show that uh, listeners and viewers of the Fred Minnick Show are 100 percent more intelligent than the rest of the world. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, that's guaranteed. Yeah, that's what studies show. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be safe out there. Thank you again to Eric for coming on the show. Tell everyone how they can find you on the socials. You can find me on Instagram at The Bourbon Sherpa, as well as The Woodford Hotel. You can also find me on Facebook, same thing, uh, Twitter, all the socials. um, And we have a Facebook group called What is on the Bourbon Trail Today? What is on the Bourbon Trail Today? Where we talk about everything that you can find when you come stay with us. Uh, even um, drugs? No, bourbon. 
just bourbon. Oh, everything bourbon. But okay. also, we throw in some, you know, restaurants. And- so, would you mind if someone smoked a little ganja in their rooms? Uh, we're a non-smoking facility. Um, but um, what if they snorted cocaine? I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, you know we have a policy against illegal drugs, just for the safety of others. But what if, what if they were, um. Hmm. What's something else that was really creepy and weird that I could bring up? I don't know, but like, let's just leave it up to the lawyers if something like that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to go on record as saying something. (laughs) So we have here, as a matter of fact. We have audio. We have tape here. We have audio of you saying that you would never, (laughs) ever prosecute. Yeah. (laughs) Once again, his wife. Is going to hate me in this episode, <laughs> but go follow Eric. Go check out his hotel, and thank you for being an official, uh, uh, the official hotel of the Fred Minnick Show. That's very kind of you. And um, also, just remember, vodka sucks. Vodka sucks. Unless you're using it for hand sanitization or to clean up the murder scene of a dead cat. That's important because it it will take up the smell of a dead cat unless it. Smells like a dead cat. Cheers, (laughs) y'all. Cheers.